0: Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day, mm-hmm. you know what's up, welcome to Birdland, Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always, mm-hmm. you know what's up, welcome to Birdland Orange or black, we rebuild the pack, no matter where we at, you know we coming back Section 336, we on this, so tune in. tune in, you know what's up, welcome to Birdland Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland, you know what's up, welcome from section three three six
1: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls baltimore sports fans of all ages welcome to section three three six next generation of baltimore sports talk i am your in host matt soroka as always i'm joined by a guy who never lets our video shake up and down like Masson's video the button lover josh roka wait you mean that was you too that wasn't just an earthquake going on down here in florida no, that was, I think, everyone who was watching was watching up down I mean, it, the up on screen. Apparently, the video was on a crane, and the wind was making it blow.
2: Right, but still, it's like, is it the first time they've ever
1: broadcast a game from Sarasota? No. Yeah. And then I was like, well, why doesn't like uh, Jim Palmer or one of the announcers go and fix it? And I was like, oh, yeah, because they're in Baltimore. They can't fix it.
2: Oh, I see. I didn't even put two and two together. You're right. They were in Baltimore. Yeah. That it was Brett and Jim, there. Um, good point. So they had the broadcast from the shaky cam, too. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I was like, man, I could go out there and just hold my iPhone and get a better footage than what I'm getting on Masson right now.
1: Yeah, it, it felt like um, if anyone tries to watch the minor games when they just have the little crappy yeah, camera field.
2: Yeah, when it's got one camera. Yeah, it was. It was frustrating. I couldn't watch it. I tried. I yeah. tried so hard and I, it made me, it made me sick almost. Yeah. It I had was to deal with the shaky cam.
1: Yeah. It was not easily ignorable.
2: No, no. And then they would do like, they would try to do the other camera angle. So it wouldn't be shaky, but then that guy would hold that camera for like five seconds
1: and then he would like zoom in on the grass. Yeah. And they were, I was reading about it and I guess there was also one that had an orange tint. I didn't notice that, but one of the cameras had an orange tint that was covering it. Oh, I don't see. I just always have orange color glasses. So, yeah, I thought the help. orange tint is, is it was not so bad.
2: Right. I mean, I I believe based on a lot of the projections I've been seeing, all of baseball has an orange tint right now.
1: Yeah. Well, but with good reason. With good reason. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I feel like last week we were just they just kind of announced spring training was just started, and they. Yeah. Start up with a bang with announcing much injuries. We had the Kyle Braddish right. injury, and the John Means injury, and the Gunnar Henderson injury, and the yep. Samuel B- Basallo injury. And now I feel like there's been nothing but good news since then. Nothing but good news on. Well, all I things. guess and yeah. we'll get into some of those stories. And I, but... I, mean,
2: yeah, there's there's plenty of hate going on out there of the people who get mad because Holiday doesn't have a hit a hit yet, so he's not ready.
1: Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't even so. considering that.
2: Yeah, like, but that's also, that's Orioles' Facebook that I was looking at this afternoon to prepare for tonight. And Orioles' Facebook is always some of the most negative.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a, a bonkers take. I, I, there's a, there's a Jackson Holliday story that I want to talk about today, but it has nothing to do with how many hits he has in his first two games of spring training.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, in, say, my,
1: in my opinion, it's been, it's hard for me to find a negative story so far no. for the Orioles of spring training. It's been all positive. All right. Um, what's your except for the shaking cameras right the broadcast
2: is the negative
1: yeah and i but don't if, care that much the, about
2: that the shaking camera reminds me do you remember when we used to have the only the radio broadcast was steve molusky like talking into his iphone yeah talking. so the shaking cam kind of reminded me of that there's uh jurassic park was what no budget expense and this is no budget at all
1: yeah but you gotta love the passion of Oriole fans. I mean, we got a hundred and sixty-two games this season, and we're just—it's not enough. We want more. Right, right. Pretty now cool. I,
2: yeah, I think we need to know if the shaky cam is going to be on the next broadcast, because I'll just get my massage gun and put it underneath my TV and mm. try to get them to move together to balance uh, it out.
1: Yeah, that's a good strategy. The yeah, I guess we'll have to check the the wind the the, the, the yeah the wind forecast, forecast will will, so. will tell us uh what's shaking us to to anticipate.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Um but yeah no I agree. There's good storylines. I was trying to line up a guest for today uh because one of the great storylines is a guy who wants to come on the podcast. We're just having some trouble with Orioles PR. Okay. Because Fair enough the Orioles PR will not acknowledge us anymore since we do not belong to a like newspaper affiliate like we've cut off all of our things right like we're not related to usa today or utah street or press box anymore we're our own thing right. so they won't uh they say we don't meet the qualifications right, so right. on that one of the good storylines though that is cole Irvin and the way he pitched the other day did you get to look at that box score see any of the highlights from that
1: yeah, no. I think if we're talking about important storylines so far in the offseason, this to me is is near, if not at the top, uh, is is Cole Urban and 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 not not just his how he pitched well, but his velocity. Well, um, and I that that's the story.
2: Yeah. So he worked with Pitching Ninja this offseason to figure it out and get that. And now he came in with a new pitch and a and a higher velocity than he's ever had
1: yeah it says here's here's a quote about it um from brendan mortensen on twitter said cole Irvin sinker talking about a sinker and then we'll talk about his fastball cole Irvin sinker averaged 4.7 inches of horizontal break last season he told me that some he did some work in the off season um hold on now i'm just uh i lost my i lost the tweet for a second here <laughs> just uh, um, bear with me people here just uh um and then so now he's he's going for 18 to 20 inches and there is only a couple pitchers who were even able to hit 18 right. so he's looking at 18 to 20 inches of break on his sinker uh and so his sinker moves a lot more well and, and his then- his
2: fastball is up to 95.9 which is the fastest he's ever thrown in his career
1: Yes, and he was sitting at 94. He's just yes. sitting there, which was faster than he threw all last year. So he's sitting, he can certainly hit um, higher than that. He hit close to 96, as you mentioned, yes. but he's sitting at 94. And so that's a, a, a big up for, for Cole he's, Irvin.
2: He has only hit 95 three times in his career.
1: Yeah, and he hit 95.9 and was sitting at 94. Yeah, huge. Um, Irvin's quote after the game was it was it, he said, quote, it was good, I'm feeling good. A lot of the hard work in the offseason is starting to pay off, and that's what I'm tripping it to. And I think we're seeing that with several guys who put in the hard work in the offseason. And Cole Irvin certainly no exception. And this seems like a perfect um, hard work meets opportunity, you know. He he put in the hard work this offseason. And listen, there was parts in this offseason where he could have said, Oh, I'm the seventh, seventh in line to be a starter. I'm, I'm not going. to, It's not going to work out for me. Uh, maybe I should just I don't know. Pack it in, <laughs> right? Or maybe I should just you know resign take, to just being an average bullpen arm. Right. Take it easy. I've got a spot in the bullpen. Yeah. But no. I, I don't. And now all of a sudden he worked his tail off. He gained velocity on his fastball. Uh, and and keep in mind, two years ago when we traded from the Athletics, he had a year where he had pitched Last 180 year. innings, yeah. had an ERA under four. I'll take that as a fourth or fifth starter. Well, that's and, the thing is
2: he's pitching now in a spot where now it's like, okay, he's the fifth starter because of injuries, but he's pitching in a way that it would have to be considered even without injuries. You'd have to consider how do you get him into this rotation?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I laugh yeah. a little bit because yeah,
2: because it, he's yeah. throwing
1: what <laughs> twenty well, <yeah>. pitches
2: <laughs> uh, 20 pitches that we've seen. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, so, Cole Irvin's trying to get on 336. He's just got to work it out with Orioles PR.
1: Yeah, and we're we're Cole Irvin guys here from from Jump Street. We like yeah. his attitude. We like his personality. I mean, we he like, was, he's,
2: he's part of bringing the fun, fun back to yeah. Birdland.
1: Yeah, yeah, we like Cole Irvin. We're, we're we're Cole Irvin supporters here, and so this is great for him, and it's great that there's an opening for him in the rotation, and we'll see how this continues. But right now, he is uh, a favorite to land. A start and rotation spot. Yes. And this is really important because we got to make it through the first month without Cobb Radish and John Means. Hopefully, they'll come back uh, at some point, but well, we have to find a way to get through there. And Cole Irvin could be a bridge to that and, and maybe even more. And people
2: always love to talk about, like, hey, every season, some stuff will go wrong. So you have to plan on some things to go wrong. People don't like to praise as much as, hey, there's going to be surprises every year. And Irvin, coming back and Irvin being a dominant pitcher, it could be a huge surprise for this season. Not one, we didn't talk about him in the offseason as an impact player.
1: No, I, I agree. I mean, we talked about it before last year, guys like Cano and Ryan O'Hearn, yes. guys you weren't counting on that turned on to be huge successes and surprises, and maybe this team just has a way of, of, of instilling this. And I think um, part
2: of it is the attitude and the personality of this team and that they are brothers out there they are friends they enjoy playing together they build each other up um and i think that pushes everyone to want to come in in better shape better improved faster better stronger all that because you want
1: to not let your guys down yeah we joked about seeing kind of um you know, fat off season pitchers coming in fat. There, there's no fat pitchers out no, there. No, I didn't I didn't <laughs> there's see no Alex Manoa's. No, I did not see any fat pitchers
2: on this team. I and yeah. uh and thanks to the new uniforms, we had plenty of opportunities to see what's going on under those under those pants.
1: Oh yeah. Uh we need to really get the zany one for this the whole uniform. <laughs> for the uniform yeah, be all over this uniform. It's two you tight through uniforms. I did hear from I the see zany you rocking that hat, Josh though.
2: Yeah, I do. I like the spring training hat. You like the bright orange? I like the bright orange. Uh, the Orioles did. A, the Orioles unveiled three new hats in like three weeks. And they got me as a sucker. I ordered two of them and then my wife said no to the third one. All right, good for your wife. So, yeah. Um, but the zany one, I heard from the zany one this week for the first time in probably months.
1: Oh, about the uniforms? No,
2: you would oh. think about the uniforms <laughs> because his daughter goes to UCF and my daughter is going, is transferring to UCF in the fall, just got accepted okay. in. Nice. And the text I got was a video post game interview of the UCF pitcher from this past weekend, because okay. it is the younger brother of Nick Vespi. Oh, wow. And he did his oh, post game interview in a Nick Vespey Oriole Jersey. Oh, which sweet! That's cool. cool. Yeah. It's cool connection. So, yeah. So the zany one is still out there paying attention to Birdland.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, speaking of kind of off-season workouts and speaking of brothers, another, I think, kind of huge story so far has been Jackson Holiday. Okay. Specifically, I don't know if you paid attention to this, Josh, his off-season workout. I've seen
2: like the video of him giving a tour of the barn and stuff. I've seen that stuff. Tell me about his off-season workout.
1: Um, What's well, kind of bonkers First of all, this is a guy who You talk about has every excuse Maybe to not Like work out super hard in the offseason If you think about it From the perspective of He already has a ton of money Because he was first round pick And because of who his dad is Professional baseball player Matt Holiday um, He already had coming off A hugely successful, overachieved All kinds of expectations In his, in his first year so again, I feel like he has every excuse to not try hard, and right. instead of that, he puts in the work. But but first, let me. He was on. So at the end of the season last year, he was on this radio show called Glenn, uh, Glenn Clark. Are you familiar with this guy? Uh, um, we,
2: we we filled in a few times. <laughs> I'm just I kidding, believe yeah. I believe that I believe he beat us in the curling contest. Yeah. Um, um, made us eat lettuce.
1: Yeah, we love Glenn Clark. And anyway, he was on Glenn Clark's show at the end of the season, and Holiday said this. Holiday said, I want to get stronger and faster and get better at defense and being able to drive the ball all over the park. He said, I keep hitting the wall, so trying to get stronger this offseason and being able to hit for a little bit more power coming up. All right, so he wants to turn those doubles into home runs. Josh, he said he worked out um, six days a week he has a, and you saw his barn that they turned into a batting cage where him yeah. and his brother, and they brought in other prospects. Colton Cowes was out there uh, working out. He, he got married too. Yeah, Jack got married. And, that's its own workout. Well, yeah, that's his own workout for stamina. But they didn't get a, a whole uh, mansion or whatever. They have yeah. a little apartment attached to the barn in this All compound, Matt right. Holiday compound.
2: Yeah, now that's what you have. That's that's what you do if you're a rich kid.
1: Why? Why leave? You, you stay like, in the parents' compound.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. go out on your own, like even with your money, you can't build this compound. So you yeah. stay at your parents' compound. Yeah.
1: But he lives, eats, and breathes. the The article in the Baltimore Sun was heat was oh, there was like eat, uh, hit, sleep, or something. Um, and and that's all he did this off season was lift. He the numbers of his 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 lifting, Josh. It says he added ten pounds of straight muscle. He he can bench now 315 pounds. He's a tiny guy too, isn't he? He can squat 455 pounds and he can deadlift 500 pounds. I'm not a workout guy. I don't know. I'm he not is, a lifter. I don't know what those mean, but those seems like some pretty darn big numbers. All right. And, and he is
2: six foot and 180 pounds.
1: Yeah. I bet he's, I bet he's now 190 pounds with that 10 pounds. Muscle. And, and, 20 years old. And 20 years old, still developing his body. Um, but he, I heard him talk about his workout in six days a week, um, upper body, recover, lower body, recover, and like over and over again, six days a week. And then, of course, we know all the batting cage stuff and having kind of, and he got all the technology in, in the batting cage too. So they would have like exit velocity contests um, to see who could have the best exit velocity. And And so just straight. Working out his tail off, and so the story of Jackson Holiday this right, offseason so is not his batting average; it's his workout routine and how he came. He worked his tail off, uh, uh and and that's to me that's that's the type of oral player that's like not I I can't relate to it all because I would not have worked out like he did this offseason. But the amount of work you put in is just it says something about him, and he's going to be a freaking superstar. All right, here's his stats.
2: From where he measured himself in November when he started working out to February.
1: Okay.
2: His body weight went from 178 to 192. Right. 10-yard dash went from 1.85 to 1.61.
1: Yeah, I didn't talk about it. He also wanted to get faster. He got faster, too. Got yeah. faster. Box jump.
2: He went from 46 inches to 51 inches.
1: Okay, we'll so he added, added
2: five line. inches on his jump.
1: Okay. No that's, line drives going over his head at second.
2: Uh, his squat, 355 pounds, now at 425 pounds.
1: Yeah, that's incredible for a few months.
2: Uh, his bench from 220 to 250. Yeah. And his bar from 425 to 515.
1: But that 250 is not even max because I got 350 to 315 for his max. That must be just what he reps with. Dude, I day. guess
2: so. That's his two-board bench.
1: I don't know what that mean, those words mean. I don't know what that means either.
2: But either way, I know it's impressive, and I know that's an impressive offseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's six days a week, and I, eat, sleep, and breathing baseball, hitting and lifting, hit and lift. And I feel like
2: it's what we hear a lot about, like, well, that was, uh, and we heard this with Gunner and stuff. That's, you get him in into rookie year, and then that sophomore year, they really take that jump. And that's because that's when they're around all this stuff. Yeah that's when they have the trainers working with them after that freshman year or during that freshman year. Uh, Because you normally don't have those trainers as much at the minor league facilities. So once you get up to majors, you've got the guys telling you, Hey, here's what to work on this off season. Well, he's got all that with family and parents and all that. He's got everything set and he actually went and did the work. It's very impressive.
1: Yeah. It makes me wonder if I could do, go do it all over again, Josh. When South was born Maybe I should just put him in a basket and leave him on the holidays doorstep, ring the doorbell and run and just let Silas be raising that family to see what they can make of him. I'll tell you, I've been
2: uh, I bought a DBATS membership for Owen a few weeks ago. I was telling you, and we've been going to DBATS uh, about four days a week. We go for about an hour to 90 hour. That's dedication. four days a week, four days a week. And we're now like three weeks in with this four days a week. Uh-huh. And it, we, I've seen a drastic improvement in in the way he hits the ball and what he can hit, and the speed I can throw it at him. So I can't even imagine being in a facility like this at the next level up with professionals around. The, yeah, I mean his dad the, is professional, right? Right. The he's, advancement, he's, yeah, and the leg up that a guy like Jackson Holiday has, which doesn't even talk about DNA and all, yeah, and genetics, but just his entire life being around baseball and that type of facility is impressive.
1: Yeah. It's impressive that part of me thinks maybe we should just bench everybody. Hope that everyone gets hurt tank this year, try to get the number one pick so we can draft Ethan holiday, his brother, and then really try, try, try to win the whole thing. Well, I was thinking more like round two, like
2: this is round one. We've got the guys, but when Ethan becomes a free agent, we got to bring him over. Mm-hmm. You know, brothers will want to play together. Yeah. So, you know, when we get to that point, if Ethan's any good, there's going to be talk about, hey, we need to sign Ethan.
1: Yeah. You're playing the long game. I like that, Josh. I like, I like where you had to. Oh, at. yeah. I'm not you're thinking I'm going, 2035 here. Yeah. Well, this is a dynasty. I don't care about one year. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm about the dynasty too. Um, other storylines I've liked. We mentioned the injury to Cobb Bradish. The latest quotes from Elias are encouraging. Elias said, "Quote, things are going well. We're extending his throwing on flat ground on on a session by session basis. Early reads on the PRP treatment are very positive. It's something that'll take some time and we're not over the hump, but we're moving in a positive direction." That's good news, I guess, on Bradish. Yeah. No, I'd... I really don't know what these PRP treatments are. These, uh, what it... they're like blood platelets, right? Yeah, but it's the, it's the platinum that, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, the plasma, the plasma, plasma. That, that, is that the stuff that, uh, we used to get paid $50 in college if we would go give our plasma? No, that, no, that was they, bone marrow, right? No, we would give plasma. All right, they would take plasma for our blood. And I, if I knew my plasma was going to Cobb Radish, I would have given it for free.
2: I, I, yeah, I don't know how all this works. Okay. But I know that it's good news whenever it says he's progressing and we haven't heard anything about surgery yet.
1: Yeah. But I'm not. I'm still, I mean, we're still too early to tell anything with Bradish. Yep.
2: Too early to tell there. Uh, John Means is still progressing. No setback. It's just that month delay. So that's not nothing to worry about there. Yeah. So it's just and- a waiting game.
1: Yep, so that's good. And Gunnar Henderson took batting practice uh, for the first time yesterday, I believe. So his oblique seems to be fine. Um, and so that's yeah. good too. So all the injury news is is good on that front. Yeah. So Rodriguez, we finally got to see Rodriguez today
2: in a in a game. Yeah. So he he pitched two innings, gave up one run. Yep. Uh Two strikeouts. So that one run was a home run. So. It's not too bad.
1: Okay, I liked when there was some video before the game started, of for the spring training games of like Oriole pitchers going against hitters, and then it always very conflicting for for poor Facebook.com people. were probably very conflicted. So it would say like, uh, Oh, you mean their, like Cano K- K- looks really good, just struck out Jackson Holiday, and you're like, Yes, this is going to be Cano's K- year, right? But then you're also like, No, Holiday is overrated and he's stinks exactly. now. And so you're, it's just it really becomes really hard if you're on Facebook.com when you know that you're planning against each other.
2: Yeah, and it's yeah, yes, and even even spring training in general is still all, it's just, it's also confusing because the road teams generally don't send their A squad; they send a B squad, and then when you're on the road, you send your B squad. So it's like when all right, Grayson looked great, but who did he play? He was playing against Tigers. Tigers aren't good. And then he was playing against the B squad Tigers. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a balance of, it's, we always talk during spring training about all oh, these stuff looks great, but you have to kind of look at the individual performance, not how the team does as a whole.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely true. You don't know who they're playing against. And, and though what it, it is kind of fun to see, there was like some drop balls and some, People turning double plays when there was no guy on second. Like, if you watch something spring training yeah. highlights, it's so – clear. like, uh, just during the regular season, it, everyone's just so good. Outside of Ryan McKenna dropping the occasional fly ball. Everyone looks so good in the regular season. But um, it spring the, training, uh, it's fun to see that they're human sometimes.
2: I think it was the TV game where uh, – who hit – was it Calcer that hit the home run, the walk-off home run?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, was a or Stowers. It was Yeah, one of those I think it was, yeah, it was And
2: you watch him the third base coach is like waving people around like he doesn't know that was just a walk off.
1: Yeah. So
2: you see you see fun things like that during spring training. Where it's yeah. spring training for everyone.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um other news uh you mentioned Grace Rodriguez caught, um in that televised game in our first spring training game, um Corbin Burns pitched and he he looked like a number one starter. Yeah, he looked exactly what we want. Exactly what we wanted from
2: uh Burns. And it was nice it's nice to see him in an Orioles uniform.
1: Yeah. So that's great. Um the other I think interesting story to pay attention to in terms of um especially related to health is looking at Dylan Tate. And Dylan Tate came has, has pitched now in spring training, has looked really good. Here's a quote from Brendan Hyde on Dylan Tate. Brendan Hyde said, "Tate looks unbelievable. He feels great. He was a go-to guy, for, a go-to guy for us a couple of years ago, and really established himself as a right-on-right late-inning bullpen guy. We missed him last year, so we're hoping for the best, and we're hoping he can help, with this, help us this year. And yeah, I think the back end of our bullpen is going to need some help. And if Dylan Tate is back to pitching like he did in 2022, I think that could, you know, be very helpful." for a back-end of the bullpen that's trying to live without Felix Batista this 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 off uh, this, this season. So great news by Dylan Tate, and hopefully he stays healthy this spring training, continues to pitch well, and and makes that bullpen. I think that could be a surprise addition from someone who wasn't there last year. It's almost like getting a free agent signing in Dylan Tate because he wasn't there last year and now he's there and hopefully can be back to his elite self, or at least his really good self. Yeah, a guy that we've kind of written off.
2: So I'd love it. I'd love to see him back, especially when we know we're going to need him in this bullpen because of our rotation being uh, a little delayed.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think we were going to offer him a contract after he didn't pitch at all last year. Right. But apparently it was just injuries, and now he's he's back and completely healthy. So, yep. all right, that's good. Uh, did you see also this week Austin Hayes was
2: out speaking about how he is hoping to get an extension and would like to like be a lifelong Oriole? It's who who wouldn't? I'm sure everybody would. I mean, I guess part of it is yeah, this it speaks to the future of this team, but it also it's one of those things where it's like you never hear that. It's been so long since we've heard that. Yeah. And now people are having fun and want to be on this team. Yeah,
1: didn't it did St. there say something similar?
2: Uh I am not sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. It makes sense. We also got word this yeah, he said he would love he said quote, he would love a long term extension. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. we we love to hear that. Even if we don't make those extensions, you want people to want to be here. Yep, yeah. And not just because, hey, my kids are in school here. I don't really want to move them.
1: No. I mean, so these the are guys... would prefer to have his, his kids are in Florida. Right. Exactly. Um,
2: also, we got word. Was it yesterday where <laughs> Major League Baseball came out and said that they expect to have the deal done for the Orioles' sale by April?
1: Yes. Yeah, and perhaps
2: before opening day? Hard,
1: yeah, they're pushing hard before opening day, but by yeah. April.
2: Yeah, so it's not just the city of Baltimore that wants the Angelos family gone. It's it's Major League Baseball and all the other owners that are now fast-tracking this.
1: Yeah. No, it's well, true. I think everybody... More good had, news. Yeah, I think... Uh, Rubenstein too is probably on that same boat of wanting to be owner as quickly oh, yeah. as possible. And and so I think next off season could be very interesting. I, I don't think like maybe he's not in control enough to really pursue extensions with Gunner and even Austin Hayes and Santander if they want to go that direction. Well, um, I mean,
2: if the deal's done before opening day, then yeah,
1: that's a mid season discussion. The deal is done before opening day. But I would assume the new owner has to be in place for you to have those higher level right. negotiations, no?
2: No, but the new owner is supposed to be in place by opening day.
1: Right. But I'm saying what they about wanna... but but then but then I mean spring training will be done. I'm saying no, before no, the no. season starts to get oh, that no, no, stuff no. done.
2: No, I think we will get that stuff done. I think July August time frame those get done. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Not 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 before the season starts. You think during the season? Sometimes the players to only to negotiate during the season.
2: I know. But I think the Gunner one, the only tricky part about the Gunner one is that his agent is Scott Boris. Right. So that makes the Gunner extension tricky. I mean, just look at how right now Boris' clients are still just hanging out there. Yeah. So that one makes it tricky. Um, Santander. I don't know. That could be... Uh, He's an attractive trade chip.
1: Yeah, so, that one's tricky because we have so many I young mean, guys. Kowser and Kerstet and Stowers all yes. kind of competing for outfield. That doesn't include Enrique Bradfield Jr. too, which is right. a you know step behind them.
2: Right. So I don't
1: think if I was to bet
2: Santander is probably more of a midseason trade than a midseason extension. Trade for what? I don't know. What do you need? Trade for prospects? I I I don't know. That's the. What do you need? I don't know. See what injuries happen this season or something. See what goes wrong. Because mm. you're right. It's what do you need? You don't need anything. And it's a yeah. weird place. To I be. mean,
1: you need a veteran power hitter named Anthony Anthony Santander. Santander. Yeah, that's what I would argue. I guess so. Yeah, there. I mean, you uh, you mentioned the the B lineups and the you know the split squads. What's interesting is every time I look at the Orioles lineup, I feel like. You know, sometimes manager Hyde comes under criticism during the regular season for how his lineups are construction, constructed. I feel like with the even when we're doing B squad and this is you get all these players on the 40 man, it is really hard to write a lineup card that I'm not excited about. Like, I don't care. You throw any of these names out there, put them in any you want on the lineup card, I'm excited about it. Um, and so I think that shows how the, the depth that we have with these guys, uh, that you can almost arrange the lineup however you want. Throw any of these players out there, and it's going to be a lineup I'm excited excited for. That has not well, been the case. Well, in, and that's right. Yeah,
2: and yesterday is a good example of that because there were two games going on at the same time, which you could see who was new to who was new to the bandwagon because there was lots of confusion from people of what do you mean? How can the Orioles be playing the Braves and the? Uh, Who else was it? And Tampa Bay at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: What's going on? So, uh, But you had one lineup, which was McKenna, Santander, Westberg, O'Hearn, Kersted, Holiday, Stowers, um, and Perez. And that's a perfectly fine lineup. There's guys in that game that you want to watch and see. And then you flip over to the Tampa Bay, Lineup where you've got Mullins, Rutschman, Hayes, Urias, Mayo. Uh, Mayo's off to a really good start in training, too. Matt at shortstop, Hillard at DH, Nevins at first base, Kowser in right field. And that's like, and there's a couple guys where it's like, hey, I've never seen Matton before. So it was interesting to see his line and Hillard. Interesting to see those guys' lines. But still, it's like, it's pretty cool to have. these players out there that we can be excited about
1: yeah yeah i i I mean it's as we get into it there's just going to be so many interesting battles i think the pitching is almost through injuries that's kind of taking care of itself right like it seems to me it's going to be tyler wells and cole irvin unless something else out of the ordinary happens but it seems like they're in the running for those two spots yeah it'll take someone else having an excellent spring training and them falling off for something. Right. To change. Yeah.
2: And I don't think it's a go sign Snell, go sign Montgomery type.
1: No, game. that's not yeah. happening. Nope. I don't even think it's a go trade for cease. I don't think that's happening.
2: No, I don't think it's, I don't think you bring anyone else in.
1: Right. I agree. I think you can reevaluate at the trade deadline. Um, sure. But the position players, Josh, I'm letting you know right now, this is bonkers. This is going to be bonkers the races for infielders and outfielders. There's just not enough spots for all these guys. And so, if you just look at outfield, let's just let infield alone because infield's a whole nother mess. If you have Jackson Holiday in there, let's just take outfield, which you might think, okay, outfield's a little bit better. Well, you have you have your three starters with his Santander, Cedric Mullins, and Austin Hayes, and so they're 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 locks. And then you have a fourth outfielder. Well, who's your fourth outfielder? Um here are your options. All Colton right. Kowser, who hit the walk-off, he's looking yeah. really good. Um Kyle Stowers, who has some major experience. Um highly regarded prospect. Ryan McKenna, who I kind of like a little bit now. We could call him a veteran. I, that veteran yeah. lead leadership. And I like him off the bench. Yeah, I like him good. off he, the
2: bench. He's he's another center fielder. I like that.
1: Yep, can play center field. Heston Kirstat. Um, we all know he. Pro, 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 prolific power got a cup of coffee up here last year. Those are four. And if you want to add Mateo, because now Mateo's—they said, I yeah, I don't think he's played at center field yet in spring. Or maybe he has, um, but you add Mateo as an outfielder. If you want to add him, you can. And and now we have you five outfielders outside of the three starters that you could legitimately make a case. Well, let's take Mateo out there. Even not M- M- Mateo, you got four you could legitimately legitimately make a case to be your fourth outfielder but you have four of them and so maybe you carry two but that that still leaves two of Kowser, Stowers, Kerstet, McKenna out and so that's going to be bonkers to watch and you have the same thing happening in the infield. It's just going to be bonkers.
2: Yeah and it's going to have to be it's really going to be the hot hand. Whoever the guy is that's hot at the time, that's the guy that's going to make it and then the other guys are going to be down in Norfolk, and if you're hot, you're getting pulled up, and it's going to be a little bit of the Norfolk shuttle, I think. But on the uh, on the other side, yeah, not pitchers. Like our pitchers, hopefully, is more stable.
1: And I wonder if, um, and now this is where stuff gets complicated. And I would need to kind of pull up all the data, but you know, this stuff becomes about options. Yes. And like, for example, I don't think, like, I know Kerstet, Stowers, Coweser, um, they have all of options. Right. But I don't I, think McKenna has options. I don't
2: think McKenna does.
1: Right. And so, are, do you keep McKenna just so you don't want, because if he's out of options, then you have to kind of DFA him and send him to, to and other teams have a chance to to pick him up. If you send him to, to the minors, you've got to clear through waivers. Um, so do you risk that and another team get get getting him? Or do you kind of roll with Ryan McKenna because he doesn't have options and you send the other guys down because they do have options? Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. And similar discussions around the infield, right? Like maybe you think you can make an argument, right, that the, the guy who is kind of the worst of those players is Ra- Ramon Arias, right? If you want to keep Henderson, obviously, Mountcastle, obviously, Ryan O'Hearn, obviously, Westberg. If you want to keep Westberg, um, if you want to bring up Jackson Holiday and keep him, well, maybe Ramon Arias is the guy who's kind of the, who gets a short straw. But Ramon Arias doesn't have any options either, and so you ask yourself, what right. well, do I want to lose? Ramon Arias? Well, you know, would it be better off sending Jackson Holiday down because he has is, options,
2: is or there Jordan any Westberg
1: because he has options?
2: Do we set? Do we trade Urias or McKenna? One of these guys before the season starts
1: it would make sense to me again i don't know what you need you could argue well you you could use some whoop and harp considerations yeah or maybe you know how we made that trade in 2022 for um for cole irvin um and kind of as that sixth starter that depth piece maybe this injury says well maybe we could use another good kind of fifth starter and so you, you can pull up a trade for someone's, you know, fifth or sixth starter. I guess it's kind of white wait and see.
2: I haven't seen any other teams come in with major injuries or anything.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the other that, thing too. Right, this is a moot point if if we get one injury or two injuries, right. All of a sudden this depth is a huge advantage. Yep. So Urias
2: is twenty nine years old. He earns two point one million this year, and he's under team control through twenty six. Right. And obviously he can play second short third. So um he's listed on MLB trade rumors, but it's also noted that there is no rumors of the Orioles shopping him around. So they're not right. trying to move him. But if right. someone needs an infielder, you're gonna you're gonna call the Orioles.
1: Yeah. Well and the other thing that I wonder about is I think Hyde and Elias have shown that they value Veteran leadership, Yes. right? In past decisions, whether it's Theodore's or the Frazier, they value le- leadership. So I don't think they want to say, "Well, let's get rid of Santander, let's get rid of Austin Hayes, let's fill it with rookies, let's get rid of Mateo, let's get rid of Urias, right. and let's fill it with rookies." I don't think he wants to run it because you could run on a squad with Kobe Mayo and Jackson Holiday, and maybe they'd be more have more potential, but you would lose that veteran leadership that you get from from, from these older players. And I, I don't think they want to do that.
2: Yes, but you could also argue that going into the postseason last year adds experience to these young guys and that we have a lot of young guys that now have postseason experience.
1: All right. Yeah, still, I, I don't disagree with you that we have and, – and now Ali Rutschman has been there, right, a couple of years. So has Gunnar Henderson. So you have – you have those presents there that, that have been there and it kind of gone through it. Where you didn't have those a couple years ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I can see that, but still, I, I think you value that the veteran leadership. I just think if you just do the math, right? You don't need to be a math genius. I just did the outfield. We can have a yeah, not- the same discussion for the infield. Just do the numbers. There's more players than there are spots for these players. Um, yeah, it's no. just, and uh, it's just really going to be really interesting to
2: watch how it plays out. Yeah, and they haven't cut anyone yet. At what point isn't it about that time where we start to see guys let go from not cut but sent to like, you know, trying to whittle down to that forty man or whittle down to the twenty six? I, I don't guess. think
1: so. We're we're, we're, I mean, we're a month, week in. Yeah, we're a month out from opening day. Yeah, well, I would say we're a week into spring training. We're no,
2: we're like two weeks in. How many games have we had? We have had like, what, four games, five games? Yeah, but spring training started like a week before that. But yeah, we've had a week of games. And you're right. Some, like Tyler Wells, we haven't even seen pitch in a game yet. So
1: I, I guess I just, I just Google Orioles spring training cuts just to see, you know, when the last and the first one that comes up is Jamai Jones among Orioles spring roster <laughs> cuts from from March 27th, 2022. But that all right. So that but March 27th that would be last, last second. Yeah. Um. When you're kind of whittling down your final. Yeah. Final group.
2: So yeah, I think. I guess there's no need to do it early, and I guess it's you got to wait for. Uh, for for you want to wait for the minor league spring training to, to start. So I guess we are a couple weeks out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that becomes when we're still having kind of pitchers needing to fill up their innings. I think that that becomes when those pitchers have less of a need to fill those innings and um, you can actually spread out the roster more.
2: And here's an article from last year saying the Orioles have yet to make their first cuts from their 71 man spring training roster it's only 25 days until the opener. <laughs> so that would be another week from now. Yeah. So it, we're really looking at maybe next week we might get our first shots.
1: All right. Yeah, and, and, and no rush. I mean, I think we're still seeing these players, seeing, seeing what they can do. And I think Elias would like as much time as possible to make this decision. He's certainly no rush to <laughs> to whittle down these numbers and i'm really curious to see what he's thinking now and what he's feeling in terms of um who who he thinks going to make this roster um because right now it doesn't look like there's any easy decisions but a month is a long time we'll have to see how this thing plays out yeah
2: is uh is next week when we start to look at the battles and kind of picking who we see making this roster
1: um, or is that no. still too
2: early? I'm still yeah. getting ahead of
1: myself. Yeah, I think we're looking kind of in mid-March to be having a.
2: See, this always happens to me. We're two weeks into spring training, and I'm like, all right, get where's opening day? Let's go. I'm ready. I need real baseball. I need it on TV every day. I need to be in Camden Yards.
1: Yeah, these people who a month ago were making their opening day lineup roster predictions. I don't really understand these people, but <laughs> go ahead and do you. I don't even like doing them Doing them now in the middle of March or right. in, at the end of February. No, that's why we always – our
2: actual prediction episode
1: is like the very last episode before
2: opening day, sometimes recorded like the day before
1: because we don't like
2: doing it ahead of time.
1: Yeah, because so much stuff changes. I mean, even just right now with the – I mean, we would have never picked Cole Irvin, right, to – In the rotation. To, to be in the rotation, and all of a yeah. sudden we were talking about Tyler Wells as a bullpen piece and – Cole Irvin as a long man, and then how quickly things change and but right. um, just in a week. And so, yeah, we anything can happen,
2: correct? But it's good that we're back to baseball season.
1: Yeah, we're back to baseball season, and health news wise, things seem to be good and trending in the right direction. Um, I think that's the big thing, too, is just hope for no serious injuries from any of our key players, especially pitchers you worry about. Yep. Um, so right now, everything is. Seems to be heading in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna head over to Sarasota in two weeks. I'm gonna go catch a couple games.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I won't be able to make it down to Sarasota this time around. But uh but yeah, My, you, you can give me some insider perspective
2: there. Little League starts this weekend for me, and they did an interesting thing with the schedule this year. Opening day is the only Saturday game I have this year. And I have all like weekday games, which means I get to Travel and go to like I couldn't do spring training in the past couple of years because of little league, and now I get to go do it, so I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, they need to hurry up and send my schedule. We didn't have our draft yet because we're short on coaches. Oh, nobody wants to coach problem. nowadays. Did you did you pick your team? No, because uh, I went to evaluations. Yeah, which is total was, chaos. Yes, how was
2: evaluations that, at your age level?
1: Yeah, it was. It was chaotic. It was. It was. It was dumb. I'm supposed to. I don't know how anyone evaluates any of these players, like one to five scale as if there's any nuance from the three swings. Um, and so yeah, did you
2: have the app where you had to grade
1: them? No, this is all old school. Pen. So and you paper. had a piece of paper, but you were supposed to grade a one to five, one to five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then add up the score. And so I didn't take any notes outside of, you know, and sometimes I saw one swing, Josh. And I filled in all five things, and I just went up and put all five things. I told you, yeah, you, you my,
2: my notes that I take are based on the parents, not the kids.
1: Yeah, but there was no time to make notes because one guy, one guy, one guy, one yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. And I there was really no interaction with parents either. I mean, parents were, okay. were not involved in any of this, so um, Good. it was a little chaotic, and it was 75 kids total, so I, they were all just kind of lined up, waiting their turn. So they're yep. very patient.
2: I like that you did it by paper because I'll tell you, my app. My phone overheated.
1: During, oh, really? So I, I couldn't put in the last 10 batters. Well, my pen broke. And so I was up a creek with my broken pen. Oh, okay. Pen. Very similar. Very similar issue. I dropped it and it like fell and it broke apart and I couldn't get the spring back in. So I had to just use like the inside part to to write my notes. It was, it was a little bit chaotic. And I also realized, um, and this is obvious point about kids, but like Stylus is six. And this is eight U. So there's a, he's one of the youngest kids there, and you can just tell body type, body control not 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 even just size, just control of your body. Who the eight year olds are, who the young ones are. Oh, um, it's yeah, I'll it's pretty clear.
2: Well, it's it's that way for at least boys all the way up. My uh, son played ten U basketball his off season, just finished up, and their last game was against a thirteen U basketball team for some mm-hmm. reason. And the difference of ball control and knowing like how to move their body and manage things of a 13-year-old versus a 10-year-old was massive.
1: Yeah. Well, it reminds me of... There's that book by Malcolm Gladwell called uh, Outliers. Yeah. And I don't know if you've read Outliers, but like... I-, I am familiar. Okay. The opening... One of the opening chapters talks about hockey players, and he argues that to be a successful hockey player your chances of being in the NHL are greatly increased depending on the month you're born. And he lines it up to the oldest kids in these leagues, in these 6U, 8U, 10U. The bigger kids. Are the bigger kids. They're, therefore, they're the best in the 8U, 6U. They get more attention. They get better coaching. And they go on to be the best wow. NHL players. So he I lined mean, it with the month. And I, and it was, it and was I thought, best. well, that's a little bit much. But now seeing it, like I could totally yeah. see how so, like, Silas is born in June. If he was born in July, he would be at t at again. Right. Um, and so now he looks like one of the worst players. Well, he's one of the youngest players. And he right. doesn't look like one of the worst players. He's still a good player. but Right. So, um, he's just, right. yeah, it's just uh, how, nope. the month you're born. and Because you grow so much in just those 11 months. Yes. Uh, yeah, it means he's going
2: to have to work a little harder to keep up with the uh, bigger kids.
1: Yeah. But what I'm extremely grateful for, because... I was upset that the lack of talent and body control and stuff last year or last fall. So I'm looking forward to the older kids, though. Yeah. No, I think there was two pop ups caught the whole whole afternoon. Mm-hmm. So no one can still catch a pop up. And yeah, there's still well, up around the edges.
2: You can see behind me my little uh, my little whiteboard magnet board. Because I've been, my first game is Saturday. So I've been stressing about lineups and positions Mm, and how do I make everyone work? uh, Because it's Little League season.
1: Yeah. I've got no schedule. I don't know what our practice game schedule is. I got nothing. I'm a little bit annoyed at this league and my lack of information. I don't know how, how hard it is to put a schedule out. This league assigned
2: us two practices during the season, and one of them is after our last game. Two, pra- two practices the whole season yeah the whole season we have two practices because of field availability oh so how are you supposed to get better without practice? I'm, ga- I'm gonna set up some stuff at dbats and tell parents to pitch in some money if they want to come and let's work out there because there's no field no there's no fields available
1: that's wild
2: because like the travel ball kids are using all the fields or something and yeah and one of them's before after the last game like what's the point of that? I guess it's it's gonna we're gonna use it to get ready for the playoffs, but still, it's silly. How many
1: games do you play a week?
2: Two to three.
1: Two to three games a week.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. it's two a week. Let's see. I bet it's just two now that we don't have Saturday games. So let's see. Now you can't yeah. practice on Saturdays. No, the travel teams are all using it on Saturdays.
1: Oh man, that's that's messed up because so, practice is is when you can work on stuff and get better. Well, get
2: this. So I have a game on Saturday and a game on Monday. And then I have two weeks off. With no practices or games? No practices, no games.
1: Yeah, that's not good. That's not good, Josh.
2: And then I have a week. And then I have.
1: Do ever, Does everyone have two? To, to yeah, everyone to does, does. Everyone uh-huh. does.
2: I think. Well, everyone has at least 10 days off. But I have a Monday game and then nothing else that week. And then spring break week for the kids. So nothing that week. Then okay. I have a game on Monday and Thursday. A game on Tuesday and Thursday. Then I have a practice on Tuesday, game on Thursday, game on Tuesday, game on Thursday, game on Thursday, so it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, yeah that I have games, and it's just it's silly that how they practice schedule works that yeah, I'm just gonna rent some cages and uh, I'd rather cancel those games.
1: I'd rather do one game a week and one practice a week and cancel the other game and just I it's interesting because without the practices, it's hard to be like.
2: Here's what you work on. Like what I did last year when I had one practice in season, I, had told, I told all the kids to wear their baseball pants, and we worked on sliding. And we spent half of the practice working on sliding because that was a problem I saw during our games. Yeah. And it's hard to really do that because you can't, with only one practice, you can't say, well, I saw this on
1: Saturday, so let's work on this today on Tuesday. One practice, the whole season? Last year, yeah. This is, that's bonkers, Josh. Like, when we did fall ball, we had one game a week, and then we would always practice on Saturdays. This league. That's wild to me that you guys don't Well, we got,
2: I think we got two last year, but one rained out. But it's wild to me that you're not practicing once a week. No, we get two two practices, and then they also removed pants from the league. So you don't get pants. All the parents had to go out and buy pants this week. They just give you a shirt.
1: What if you refuse to buy the pants? Can you play pantless or they won't let you?
2: I don't think you can play pantsless. I know you cannot coach pantsless.
1: Okay. But I'm not sure about playing. No, we've always had to buy our pants here. Oh,
2: okay. All right. I don't mind it. It's just they used to give pants and now they don't, but they didn't lower the price. Hmm. So for me, it's more of a money thing.
1: Yeah. But uh but yeah. Also, I have a T ball bat I'm gonna try to get away with. You think I can have status? Use a T-ball bat for coach pitch. I think so. I think something so. I'm going to try right. to get away with it. Yeah, went, this is a racket where they try to get, you buy a new bat at each each level.
2: Oh, I know. When I go when I go into D-bats, we have to walk through a little store to get to the cage, and mm-hmm. every time it's I want this new bat. Yeah, and he picks it up $100. and dollars. Three hundred and fifty dollars. That's wild. I was like, no. And then I want batting gloves, and I want this, and I want that because we walk through all this stuff. So. Instead, I got a new grip, and I put, I put new bat tape on his bat.
1: Yeah. That, I like that about evaluations, too. There was, like, some people came in full baseball uniforms. Yeah. Some people showed up in, like, jeans and a hoodie. I was like, I want the jeans and hoodie guy. I like that guy. There was just such, like, there was no set. Like, some people were in sneakers, right. some people cleats. There was no kind of set dress. Oh, here's a, here's, a, here's,
2: a, here's a coaching question for you. Yeah. All right. I got two brothers on this team. Uh, it's their first time ever playing.
1: Okay,
2: but their parents only bought one bat and helmet. Okay, so you know how it goes. Every kid has to bring their own bat and helmet.
1: Yeah, which n- that's not how we did it growing up either. No, it's not. The team uh, had a couple helmets, and we all shared them. Yeah, whatever.
2: Everyone's got their own helmet now.
1: Yeah, um, snowflakes.
2: Everyone's got their own helmet. Everyone's got their own bat. Like, yeah, I didn't have that stuff growing up.
1: Yeah, we didn't have our own bat either. Yeah, no.
2: But um, either way, here's my here's my dilemma. Okay. What's your? These dilemma? two kids are sharing one bat and helmet. All right. Now I think it's because the parents are thinking, well, two kids can't bat at the t- at the same time. Sure. But they that, means, that
1: they that their kid might get on base. They're assuming right, he'll never a get on base. This yeah. kid gets hit by a pitch
2: and gets on base. Right. Or or walks or something. Or like or I tell him don't swing and he gets a walk. Right. So then I've got this dilemma: do I separate them out in the lineup or do I put them together in the lineup?
1: We well, got to separate them for the helmets
2: see I, I i was thinking about that, and I decided it's not my problem that they don't have a helmet. they gotta figure that out.
1: I'm keeping well, you gotta hold lineup. up the game when the guy runs to first and
2: well he's got the kid's gonna have to borrow someone else's helmet and then he's gonna have to go tell his mom that he needs to
1: buy him a new helmet oh uh, so this is your way to make sure he gets a helmet.
2: It's my way of not hurting my team and hurting my lineup construction based on a helmet, yeah.
1: So you don't have extra helmets?
2: No, I don't. No, they don't give us any helmets. They gave us catcher's gear, and I lost it. I lost the whole bag of catcher's gear. It's gone. I left it. I left it at the. I left it at the
1: field. Have you told Have you told the commissioner yet?
2: Yeah, and they keep saying, "Well, check lost and found," and then they say, "Well, lost and found is only open on these other days that I'm not at the field," so I haven't. Uh, so you haven't checked lost and found, found yet? I could no, but it's been gone for like three weeks, so it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Thankfully, my catchers have their own gear. So the, this might not be addressed until the end of the season when they tell me to turn it in. And I'll just say, no, remember, I already turned it in.
1: Yeah. I'm planning when we go to the draft of turning in all my stuff from fall ball I never turned in. I tried
2: that last season, and they were not happy with me that I kept the catcher's gear for us for the offseason.
1: Oh, all I have is a T and uniforms.
2: Okay. They gave me a bucket this year, which I was happy about.
1: Oh yeah, they gave me a bucket. I just I wasn't sure if I should return the bucket, so I just assumed I should keep it. I would keep it. I also now as a coach. And the baseballs too. I'm keeping the baseballs. Those they, baseballs aren't did,
2: cheap. Uh, coaching talk. Did, yeah. Did at the end of the season, did your parents give you a coaching gift? Uh no. I, I me, me either, but I've seen other coaches get coaching gifts. And I've pitched in to coaching gifts but now, I, get, coach I gave gift. my
1: players a gift out of my own money and I had a couple of parents come up and give me money in support okay. of the gifts the i gift. got the players. okay that's the closest uh,
2: what did i do i bought all the kids prime because all the nine-year-old boys were obsessed okay. with prime last year so i got them all prime
1: i bought them all their own baseballs signed and, by every member of the team
2: and then yeah i didn't do that and then we got uh they all got medals and i gave game balls out throughout the season. Do you give game okay. balls out? No, i
1: didn't do any game balls.
2: Uh, yeah, i do a game ball out every season. Okay. And the new game balls this year have like the team or the league stamped on it. So it'll look even cooler as a game ball handed out.
1: Nice. But you're so, bitter that you get no thank you gift?
2: Well, i just yeah, i see other i saw the basketball coach at the end of the season get a thank you gift and i'm like, does that mean the parents don't like me? Cuz i think the kids like me for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I I I mean, there are – I didn't think about it when I played with Coach Wakefield for every year of my life. Right. Like, he's just a freaking volunteer (laughs) out there doing it for nothing, spending every Saturday with me. Um, These are freaking volunteers making this thing around. And that's what I wanted to bring up. I got distracted by the gift.
2: But really my thought was I feel like every coach by the league, like the league should hand out the coach, here's a $50 gift card to Dix like go buy, because you always we always spend our with own money with all the
1: money you're making from fall from uh from travel leagues
2: yeah like you're making all this money at the concessions and travel leagues and all this crap and then I end up spending my own money for a coaching bag and for a fungo bat uh bat, bat. and then yeah. I buy extra I buy extra baseballs and I buy a scorebook like I have to spend all this money when I'm
1: already volunteering Yeah there's money associated with coaching yeah, yeah it's inevitable yeah
2: and it's like i really think they should uh, uh, their league should have that built into hey we understand that coaches
1: yeah here's the money with yeah gift yes. card. that's a good idea a gift card to d bats or wherever
2: and I, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly and you would think you could have models or dicks just sponsor it to be like hey here's apollo gift cards for your coaches
1: yeah so all right. That's how Josh, I you, you should it. push to be for a commission. You should push for a commissioner position. <laughs> no, thank you. Go into leadership. No, no, no. Because
2: remember, my whole hesitation for coaching was not about the kids. It was about dealing with the other parents. Mm, the and commissioner mm. means you're dealing with the other parents. Umpire means you're dealing and the with the other, other and, parents. And the
1: coaches like you who are disgruntled.
2: I'm not disgruntled.
1: Yeah, I like, I'm just all
2: the, I like okay. the other coaches. Me all and the right. coaches get along fine. Really? But all yes, right. all the coaches are disgruntled. Uh, we just found out picture day Saturday. They gave us four days notice.
1: Yeah, that's uh, what I still don't know the schedule. So I'm ticked at my yeah. commission. I even telling me
2: we're all we're all ticked schedule. about the practice schedule. We're they changing some things with the umpires? You no, know, coaches are disgruntled and complaining. Right, but yeah,
1: all right. Good little league talk here to end the show.
2: I mean, hey, it's little league season. As we get through spring training, spring you're gonna training get some little league, league talk. Yeah. And I told you pre show, I'm going to go see the bananas on Friday, get my baseball fixed there. So next Monday, I'll have a nice recap for you with Little League and bananas. Maybe right. we'll even talk Orioles.
1: Yeah. No, I've been going to my fresh air Mercer baseball here. So I, I'm getting my fix in too. That's right. You've sent some pictures. Yep. So you're getting college ball in. Yep. Absolutely. And we got a good um, squad this year. I think we're six and one right now. We're rocking it. I've
2: also, that's awesome. I don't know we're UCF
1: been, territory. I don't, know about
2: that. I don't. I don't even know what UCF territory is yet.
1: I don't. I don't know how their baseball team is either. I don't know. But they're a, a, an awfully big school with a lot of right. students, so I assume they're pretty good.
2: And the zany one probably has a jersey by now.
1: Oh, oh! I'm sure he has more than one. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've also been busy over on
2: uh, Birdland Sports, like always, getting new shirts up and going, and shipped a bunch out this week to get ready for the new season. Matt, here's one of them: a new uh, Birdland. Text in the friends font. So you know, it's uh speaks to that twenty something girl.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just
2: like just like this uh Taylor Swift inspired. Uh oh nice. Shirt.
1: That kind of looks like a throwback type shirt.
2: Yeah, so it's two little throwbacks and that really speak to the trends now of Friends and Taylor Swift. But then I've got one with more of an RBI baseball inspiration. That oh cool, sh- yeah. Showing off our rotation this year, well, our projected rotation when everyone's healthy, along with that amazing Aaron Boone quote of that could be a bit of a problem.
1: Well, I like that. I like that RBI shout so, out too. That's cool. I like that. So those are
2: three I just got in samples in today that are up on the site. Everyone should be
1: checking those out. Yeah, definitely check out that RBI shirt. That's cool. All right. And, and while you're at it, while you're on the interwebs, um, go and leave us a review on podcast or wherever you listen to this thing. <laughs> on podcast, the ad, the Apple Podcast app, yeah, isn't it just called? I think I it is know. just called Podcast. Podcasts.
2: I it think you're what? right. It just sounds silly how you say it.
1: All right, or Spotify, wherever you listen.
2: But yeah, and spread the word. Share on social media. Share the videos and the TikToks and all that as I put out clips of our show because uh, we want to grow this thing. And we took out all the ads, so now you can pay us by just sharing about the show. You don't need to listen to the ads.
1: That's right. Just like, share the show, write a review, and and we're good. And you're a true coconut. Appreciate you all. Uh, You can follow us on X. You can follow me at Section336. You can follow Josh on X.
2: At Josh Droka and at Birdland Sports. I guarantee none of the other Orioles podcasts have Little League talk.
1: That's absolutely true. I don't know if that's a a selling point or not, but it's true.
2: I believe it's a selling point.
1: Okay, I think it gives away our Age and maybe the age of our listeners, right? This is I, literally talk is of for people of a certain age. I think.
2: I well, no, I think it. No. Let, I think it lets you into our family. All right. If you're a listener, you're a family.
1: Right, family. and we, that hey, much. we do not shy this entire freaking podcast from from Jump Street about sharing some of our personal life within the podcast. Nope. Right, in terms of life events and moves and just our happenings, All right. that that's always been a part of the show. Yep,
2: having kids, it's everything. Everything's been, this is our life.
1: Yeah. And yep. we're at Little League now.
2: We're at Little yep. League stage of life. Exactly. Exactly. I think uh, the Zanyat one and I talked, coll- co- talked sending kids to college a few months ago. So, Well, and, and Zanyat one is,
1: is heavily involved in Little League himself. Like, don't get he twisted. Is. Albie is heavily involved in Little League. <laughs> yep. He does the travel ball stuff. Right. All right. Fine. Uh, Anyway, thanks for listening. And as always, go O's.